as you join us again this morning. It's a privilege to be back in your home. I hope that you've had a great week. Today, a family of grace, Pastor Ralph will be sharing the message, continuing in the direction and following God's will for your life. As many of you know, it's our desire at Family of Grace to continue to break through the barriers to help everyone achieve the destiny that God has for them. Today, if you have your Bible, if you'll open it to the book of Genesis, I believe this message from Pastor Ralph will bless your heart. This morning, we're going to continue with the theme that Pastor Brad started about uh, following or, or getting direction in our life. How many of you uh, give good directions? You do? <laughs> You're being facetious. How many of you are able to follow good directions? Yes, what a thought. <laughs> I've even tried to change the, uh, the voice on my GPS from a woman's voice because I don't like a woman giving me directions. The guys, don't look at me super spiritual. You've tried to do that too, you know. We uh, had to go to Kansas last week for, uh, for business. I got into Wichita and typed the address in to, uh, you know, got the rental car, typed the address into my smartphone, and man took off. And, you know, two hours later, she said, you're, you have arrived. I'm in the middle of nowhere, okay, which is pretty much if you're in Kansas, you're in the middle of nowhere, right? And so I'm looking around, and, and there's this, I mean, there's nothing. And, and, and the guy was with me thinking, says, you know, I think we need to ask for directions. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm not asking for directions. And so we drive around for another 30 minutes or so, and uh, I said, why don't you call and get some directions? Because <laughs> we wasted some time. And then finally the guy says, well, you go to this point, and you turn east and you go here and turn north and it was overcast and misting rain and I'm like okay which way is east and which way is north so I pull out my trusty smartphone which is smarter than I am most of the time and guess what I got a compass on there and it told me which way to go and finally finally we got to our destination after much trouble and so sometimes direction is not always easy, is it? It's not always easy to understand which direction we even need to go, which direction the Lord wants us to go. It's kind of like the lady who uh, lived in Colorado, and in the wintertime there was a snowstorm came and began to just white everything out, covered the roads, and she was afraid that she wouldn't be able to get home, and she thought, you know, if I could just, if I could just find a snowplow, get behind that snowplow, eventually he will go down my street, I'll recognize that, and I'll be able to get home safely. So sure enough, she's kind of easing along, poor visibility, finds a snowplow, falls in behind it, and begins to follow it, and follows it, and follows it, and follows it. And after about an hour, the snowplow operator stops, gets out, walks back, and said, Lady, what are you doing? You've been following me for over an hour. And she said, I'm trying to get home. She said, I, I figure if I could just follow you that eventually you'll go down my street and I'll be home. He said, lady, I'm plowing a parking lot. But, but how many of us feel like that in life, like we're just kind of going back and forth or, or traveling in circles and, and, and never really getting anywhere? Well, the good news for you this morning is God has a direction for your life. 
God, God has a plan for your life. He has a direction for you to go. And, and He wants us to, to find that. He wants us to, to go in that direction that he, that he has for us. And if you'll open your Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter 26, we're going to find our text for this morning. We're going to do a little bit differently today. Typically, I would read the passage, come back, give you the, the three points and the poem, and we would all amen and go home. But, but we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Uh, kind of as we are going through it, I, I just want us to see what God is saying to us. And we're going to begin uh, in verse 1 uh, of Genesis chapter 26, and it says, And there was a famine in the land. Now, you know, we don't know much about famine. In this country, we, we don't because even if there's a shortfall of rain, then, then we, have, you know, we have irrigation systems, we can pump water, we can do all of that. So we don't really know anything about shortage of food. or, or Most famines are caused by lack of water, and, and we don't really know much about that. We, we've been to Haiti several times, and, and a couple of times that we've been there, there's been a, a famine in that land because it's been so dry that the crops have failed, and, and there has been very little to eat. Uh, there, there, there was no abundance of food and, and people were actually struggling to, to try to find something to eat but in this country we really don't know about that kind of a famine but there is a kind of famine in this country that, that Amos talks about and, and I want to share that with you because in, in Amos chapter 8 and in verse 11 Amos says behold the days come saith the Lord that I will send a famine in the land not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. I want to tell you, that's where we live today. That's, that's the culture in which we live. That's the kind of famine that we understand in this country today. He goes on and says, And they shall wander from, from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. I'm telling you that there is a famine of the preaching and teaching and hearing and heeding of the Word of God in this country today. This is what Amos was talking about. But I want you to know the good news for you this morning is this. God has a word for you. I want you to know this morning if you came in here and your soul is dry and thirsty and feel like you've been wandering around in the wilderness and don't know what direction to go, I want you to know that God has a fresh drink for you this morning. I want you to know that God has a, a fresh loaf of bread to feed you this morning. And you don't have to go away from here the way that you came in, experiencing a, a spiritual famine in your life or in your soul because God wants to break that famine in your life. And he will do that this morning, if you will let him. And it goes on and says that there was a famine in the land beside the first famine. That was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, and to Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down to Egypt. You see, one of the first things you do in the famine is you get up and get moving. You don't just sit there and die. And so if, if, if you're experiencing that spiritual famine this morning, God wants to give you some direction. And he told Isaac what to do. He told Isaac where to go. He gave him some direction. And God will do that in your life. If you're experiencing that kind of famine, he will give you a direction in life. He goes on and he talks about how he's going to bless all the nations of the earth through him, which of course he's talking about Jesus. And then we pick it up in verse 6, and it said, and, and Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Why did he do that? Because that's where God told him to go. So he's following what the Lord is telling him in life. 
And the man of that place asked of his wife, and he said, she's my sister. For he feared to say, she is my wife, lest said he, the men of that place should kill me, for Rebekah was one smoking hot mama. You see, he was afraid that if he said that Rebekah was his wife, that they would kill him and, and take his wife. And he said, she's my sister, so he lied about it. And here's what I want you to hear this morning. If you've read anything about Isaac's family, family tree, you know this is not the first time that it's ever happened in Isaac's family. Because Isaac's dad did the very same thing. Not once, but twice. And I want to ask you this morning, what kind of a legacy are you leaving for, for those who come after you to follow? So Isaac learned this from his dad. But here's what, here's what I, I also want you to understand is that, that, that he gets to a place in life. Now, now I don't ever find, as I, as I read the rest of the, of, of the story of Isaac's life, I don't ever find where Isaac ever repeated this again. Now, the Bible doesn't clearly say that he didn't do it, but it doesn't ever record that he does do it again. And so I'm saying, I'm believing... That, that Isaac got to a point in his life where he said, you know what, it was wrong for my daddy to do this. It's wrong for me to do this. And it's going to stop right here, right now. And I know there are those who talk about generational curses and those who, all that. But let me tell you something, you can break that today. No matter, what's going, no matter what's been modeled before you, no matter what's been going on in your life, no matter what those have gone before you have done, no matter what, they, what footsteps that they've left in the sand, I want you to know that you can get to a place in your life where you deal with your very own temptations and you get to a place to where you say, you know what, it was wrong for my mama to do it, my mama, my peepaw, or whoever it was to do it, it's wrong for me to do it, and it stops right here, right now. So you can set a new direction in your family. You can set a new direction in your life today. That's the good news for you today. You get to a place where you deal with your very own temptations. And I know you think that those things that you have to deal with, those temptations that come in your life, are, are the worst things that ever come. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that there's no temptation except that is common to man. In other words, the things that you face, the things that everybody else faces. The Bible also says that he'll never allow it, that God will never allow temptation to come to us, but that he also doesn't make a way of escaping that temptation. There's a way out when it comes. There's a way out. So you've got to learn to deal with that. You've got to learn to deal with those temptations that come into your life. And he goes on and he says in verse 12, that Then Isaac sowed in that land. And received in the same year a, a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And, and the man waxed great and went forward. Forward. You see, God wants to lead you forward. God, God doesn't want to lead you in circles. God doesn't want to lead you backwards. God wants to lead you forward. And if you'll get to a place in your life where you deal with the things in life, in your life personally that need to be dealt with, then God can take you somewhere. He can take you forward. That's what He wants to do in your life. Is take you forward. It says, For He had possessions and flocks and possessions of herd and a great store of servants and 
Philistines envied him. Verse 15 says, For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with the earth. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for you are much mightier than me. So God is through circumstance. You know what? Sometimes God leads you through circumstance. Sometimes God opens doors, closes doors. That's part of the way you know where God wants you to be. And Isaac departed thence, and he pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, and he dwelt there. Why? Because that's where God said go. And he's just, he's following. He's following, he's moving, he's following God. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. And the Philistines had stopped them after the, the death of Abraham, and he called their names by the names which his father had called them. Not only do you have to get to a place in life where you're dealing with your very own temptations, you've got to get to a place in your life where you're digging your own wells. You see, you can't, you can't live off somebody else's spirituality. You can't live off a spiritual heritage. You, look, look. I don't care if, 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 if Papa was a preacher, okay? You, you've, you've got to deal with your very own relationship with the Lord. You, you've got to get to a place where uh, you're, you're doing your own thing with God. You're, you're developing your own relationship with the Lord. You're not trying to live off somebody else's. You know what? He could have, uh, Isaac could have got there and, and said, you know what? My daddy dug these well. And just sit there and, and, and literally starve to death for water. Why? Because they had been stopped up. No, he got there and he said, you know what? My daddy dug these wells, but I've got to dig too. I've got to do my own digging. I've got to develop my own relationship. I've got to, I've got to, go, I've got to have my own relationship with, the God, with God. I've got to learn to, uh, to follow Him my own way and not try and live off somebody else's. And I'm here to tell you this morning that, that, that you will dry up and die of thirst if you simply try to live off somebody else's relationship with the Lord. You've got to develop your own. Now we, as a family, you heard Pastor Brad talk about that if we're anything at Family of Grace, at this church, then we are a family. And sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's ugly. You know, just like, just like your family. Okay? It's just, just the way that it is. But you know what we can do as a family? We can help you. We can give you a shovel. We can give you a rope. We can give you a bucket. We can help you. But, but when it comes down to it, you've got to do your own digging. You've got to develop your own relationship. You, you, you've got to determine that, that, that no matter what anybody else says, no matter what anybody else does, that, that you're going to develop your own relationship with the Lord. And, and, and no matter what, I mean, if you get your feelings hurt, so what? Get over it. But just develop your own relationship with the Lord and, and just start with where you are and what you have. Developing that relationship so that God can direct you. Listen, Isaac was there uh, in that place and, 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 and what he did was he just began to use what he had in his hand. He began to dig. He began to, uh, to draw water himself and not depend on somebody else to, to do it for him. 
And, and some of you in life, you're struggling with where to go and what to do. What, what does God want me to do with my life? What direction does He want me to go? Where does He want me to start? I'll just sit here till He tells me. That, then you're never going to go anywhere. You're going to sit there and dry up spiritually. You just start with where you are and what you have. And you just begin to use that. And then God can give you the direction that He wants you to go. Start there. Start with where you are. Start, start with what you have. And let God take you where He wants to take you. And you just begin to dig. You just begin to... You say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Well, I, let me tell you, you won't, be able to, you won't be able to say that anymore. Here's what you do. After this service, you go out to the core. There'll be some smiling people out there who will meet you, and they'll give you a list of things that you can do. You heard Brandon talking and Katie talking about it earlier on the, on the video to, to open the service that we need, the, the, some of the needs that we have. People who can just kind of clean up uh, between services and after service. People who drive the bus and serve the breakfast and just do things like, just start there. Start there. And then God can give you the direction uh, of where to go from there. And so we see that, that he's there and he begins to dig. And, and, and Isaac's servants digged in the valley and he found there a well of springing water. And that's what I'm talking about. That, listen, God's will. I probably get more questions as a pastor about the will of God. Uh, pastor, I don't know what God's will for my life is, so I'm just going to sit here and as soon as he tells me that I'm going to get up and get going. No, you won't. Let me tell you something. God's will is always found in God's work. So you get started doing God's work, and then God can direct you according to His will. Let me, let me give you an example of that. In, in the book of Acts, chapter 13, it says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, and it goes on and names them. And then verse number 2 it says, watch this, As they ministered, as they came early and prayed, as they served breakfast, as they stood at the door and greeted people, as they worked in the parking lot and, and parked cars, as they provided security, as they taught the children, as they ministered uh, to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, okay, as they were working, the Holy Spirit of God said, okay, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed. You see, God's will is always found in God's work. So if you're struggling to find God's will for your life, then get plugged in somewhere. Get started. Start ministering with where you are and what you have, and then that way God can give you direction as to where He wants you to go from there. I know we don't like that. It's a whole lot easier to just sit back and say, boy, Pastor, if I just knew what God wanted me to do, I, man, if He'd just tell me, I'd do it. No, you wouldn't. So you just get up and start with where you are. Start with what you have. And trust God to, to lead you where He wants you to go. Verse 20 says, And the, the herdmen of, of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water's ours. 
And he called the name of it Essek. Let me, let me tell you something. As you begin to walk this thing out in your life, as you begin to minister to the Lord, as you begin to, to start with where you are and with what you have and just begin to do what you can with what you got, I'm here to tell you, it's not, it won't always be easy. It, it won't always be without trouble or trial or strife. Because li literally what, what Essex means, it means strife. And so as Isaac just began to do what he could with what he had, it began to be a strife. It began to, it, it began to be some trouble. And that's the way it'll be in your life. I, I, I'm telling you, there, there are those who, who say that, man, if you're, if you're in the middle of God's will, then, then, then there won't ever be any trouble or trials in your life. I'm telling you, that's contrary to what the Word of God says. Because the Bible says, think it not strange, my brethren, <laughs> when you face the fiery trials. And especially if you're, if you're walking out this thing in life like God wants you to. And he, he goes on and says in verse 32, and he, and he removed from thence, and he digged another well. And for there they, they, they strove not, and he, uh, uh, back up, 20, 21. And they digged another well, and for that they also uh, strove, and he called that sitna. Sitna means hatred. You get to the place where you just hate to even try anymore because you've tried and failed so many times and you say man I just hate myself because I can't live this Christian life I can't follow God like he wants me to follow him and I just hate myself for it let me tell you something it's not hard to live the Christian life it's impossible on your own and you just look when you fail you confess you get up pick up your shovel and you just start digging again and you just keep on and you just keep on keeping on you keep on keeping on and here's what will happen in verse 22 he says and he removed from thence and he digged another well and for that they strove not and he called the name of it Rehoboth Rehoboth literally means city of wide streets or room there was room for God began to open things up for them. Why? Because he was doing what he could with what he had. And as he was doing what he could with what he had, God began to give him direction. God began to open up things for them like he had never opened them up before. And I'm telling you, that's the way it'll work in your life. If you'll just start with where, where you are with what you have and begin to do what you can with what you got, yeah, it'll be hard. You may, you may fail time and time again. You may even get to where you hate yourself uh, for even trying, but you just keep on digging and digging and digging, and I guarantee you, you'll get to a place where there will be some room. God will open up things for you like he's never opened them up in your life before. You just keep on. And I like what it says here, and you shall be fruitful in the land. Can I tell you this morning, God has a place for you. He was fruitful in the land, not out of the land. He was fruitful in the place that God had for him, not in another place. And so as you begin to do what you can with what you have, and God begins to direct you, 
He will lead you to the place, that very specific place that he has for you in life. And and there will be fruit. There will be much more fruit. There will be much fruit. And there will be fruit that remains in your life for the kingdom of God. The Lord appeared unto him, verse 24, the same night. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, your father, don't fear. For I'm with you, I'll bless you, and multiplied your seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there, and he called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. See, you've you got to get to the place where you're not only dealing with your very own temptations. You're, you not only get to the place to where you're digging your own well, but you get to a place to where you have to determine what your own priorities are. And I want you to notice that God lays out His priorities for our life right there in that verse. Because He said that Isaac, first of all, he built an altar and he called on the name of the Lord. What is that talking about? It was worshiping God. And then he pitched his tent. That's talking about his home, his family. And then they dug a well. You see, Isaac's vocation, what he did for a living, was he was a well digger. He wasn't a welder or an engineer or a school teacher or a farmer. He made a living by digging wells. So I want you to notice the priority that God set out here in this verse. It was God, family, work. Not work, family, God. Not family, God, work. Not, no. Put God first. Then family. And then work. And I wonder how many this morning has kind of got God's order out of order. And we wonder why we all jacked up. And we can't figure out which way God wants us to go. We don't know come here from Sikkim because we have got God's order out of order. I want to challenge you this morning to examine where you are in life. Examine those those priorities in your life and make sure that that you have them properly aligned because if not, then, then you'll never experience what it talks about there in verse 29 because there were some guys that came to him and said, you know, Isaac, uh, we treated you with the utmost of respect. We were kind to you and we come to you in peace. And in verse 31 it says, And they rose up at times in the morning and, and swear uh, one to another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed from them in peace. And I wonder if that describes your life today. If there, if there would be one word that, that we could use today to describe your life, would it be peace? As we've gone through this sermon this morning, Pastor Ralph has preached a great word on moving out and engaging and making a difference and being faithful and moving and allowing God to direct you. It's so great every week to run into many of you at Walmart or the grocery store or the paint store or other places and, and uh, man, hear the good reports that you're sharing back about how this ministry is blessing your heart. Today, this television ministry is just one dynamic of Family of Grace. I want to encourage some of you to take the next step. 
Would you come and engage in corporate worship? Would you come and feel the whole service and what God is doing? Would you come and join up with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? And let's make a difference in Alexandria. Let's impact this city for the glory of God. Let's get beyond our comfort zones, plug in to a, a multi-ethnic church that's breaking through cultural barriers and bringing people in from every walk of life. And let's glorify the kingdom of heaven by worshiping, waiting, and working for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hope to see you soon.